0: So, so that's when we started to focus on what sort of offers do we create? What services do we, uh, uh, do we have? Um, what sort of scalable uh, program options do we have so that the revenue keeps growing, but the time uh, keeps coming down by 10 to 20%. Well,
1: hey, 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 what's up everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. Today, this is episode 864, and I am fired up because we've got another featured guest. Actually, two featured guests, a husband and wife team, Prerna and Mayank. And they are a great couple, but really have an amazing story. And someone that actually looked at a situation that could have been really, really bad and they turned it into something positive, okay? They literally found out that my uncle was ill and had to leave his job temporarily, and that actually was a huge moment for them, and you're gonna hear me dig into how that felt, but how do you go from having a full-time career in the corporate world and then getting this terrible news, how does that direct you to where you're supposed to be. And you guys know, I wrote a book called The Take Action Effect. I talk about these take action moments in our life. And that one right there was a major moment. And you just never know. I mean, this thing that we're going through right now, COVID, it's big, it's massive, it's crazy, it's history. But this here will be a moment in time that probably changes people's lives, not just with the virus, But I believe it's waking people up. It's giving people that restart or that time to say, you know what, now I kind of have to do this thing. I'm going to do it. And this way here, you're not just, well, I think I might want to do this one day. You're almost forced to do it. And this could be that huge take action moment for you. So. I am going to stop talking now so you can listen to this amazing interview. You're going to learn a ton through here just by listening to their story. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be motivated, but you're also going to want to listen in because, well, I dig into a little bit of their business as far as how they market. And also, is it always been easy or has it always been easy? And, uh, well, we all kind of know it's usually not. And you're going to hear those ups and downs and really how they've arrived to where they are today. All right. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview. Hey, Parina and Mayank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and doing this for me all the way from, is it India? Are you guys in India right now? And it's evening where you are and it's, it's AM where I am. And, uh, this is just incredible that we actually get to do this. So Pretty awesome. Uh, so, hey, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you. Uh, so, do me a favor before we actually dive into everything. Give us a little bit of a background on you guys, and then I'm going to dig into your story because I think you guys have a really, really cool story. Uh, living the uh, the entrepreneurial dream, as we would you know say, but isn't always been easy. But give people a little bit of a background on on like who you are and where you kind of kind of where your roots are from.
2: Sure thing. So, um, so Mayang and I have always worked in our business together, and uh, but it wasn't always a business in this shape and form. So, this started as a mom blog
0: <laughs> way okay.
2: back in the day when Blogspot blogs were <laughs> popular. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know I'm totally dating myself here, but, <clears throat> anyways. So, um, yeah, so our, I remember our daughter was around nine months old, and i you know, I'd stepped away from the corporate workforce and I was at home with her and, um, I just needed something like as a creative outlet. So I started a blog and, um, that blog just kind of became, was a very part-time thing. It was more a passion project, but it started leading to like a few, you know, writing gigs and people reaching out on Twitter and saying, Hey, like the post you wrote, would you want to write for our blog, connected me with, you know, some really great bloggers I'm still friends with today. And, um, so what happened then along the way was uh, my aunt got really ill. He had chronic inflammation and mm. um, he was on bed rest for almost a year. Yeah, And that meant that he had to step away from his full-time job as well. So um, we started working on his health and, you know, making changes to his diet and all of all of those things. And when he started getting better, he, we had to take a decision, like, would he go back to corporate workforce because he was working with American Express at that point of time and or and he was more excited about this than I was honestly because he's always had the entrepreneurial drive and dream and you know um, but he was like let's give this blogging thing a shot and see if we can do this for more businesses let's see if we can do this for a year and you know see how that goes and then we can decide so I was like okay so he reached out to a few, you know, a few clients that we uh, I'd been writing for part time, and let them know that we will be doing this full time. We requested a former um, former boss of um, of mine who had an ad agency, and he um, he did our initial website for us pro bono, um, simply because at that point, uh, Scott, honestly, we had like we we did not have funds to invest in the business. We'd spent all our savings on on basically living and medical expenses. So because he'd mm. been out of the workforce for a year. And so we needed to take some, you know, so that was like a very um, just the start of a business taught us some really important lessons in in a relationships and be uh, staying humble, but not letting that stop you from going after big dreams.
1: So, yeah, let let me just stop you there for a second, if you don't mind. Like, so I I just want to dig in there a little bit because I mean, that was a critical point for you guys to be like, okay, Blogspot. I mean, I used Blogspot too. I'm dating myself too. I mean, who hasn't, right? Back in the day. And it's funny, whenever I do like, I'll do like keyword research still to this day for some of my other brands, and I still find blogs on Blogspot. And I'm like, oh, cool, there's an opportunity for me because I pretty much know that I can probably do better than them. But anyway, just because it's been there for like years. But, um, So you're doing this like, you're just blogging as a, as a, and and I'll probably get some flack on this, but mommy blogger, right? You're like blogging, you know, like just about anything and everything and just kind of your little diary online in a sense about what it's like, you know, to be mom and all that stuff. And so, but then how did people start to see that you were a good writer and, and was it even copywriting at that time or was it just a good writer? No,
2: good writer. It was just, you know, like. I was very active on Twitter again like back in the day now Facebook and Instagram are more my thing, and Mm -hmm. you know where we are more uh, you know uh, active on when it comes to social but Twitter Mm -hmm. was like the place I would spend most of my time in and connect with, again, like, like I said, you know, different bloggers. So for instance, you know, um, I don't know if you know, Mandy Eman, she was, you know, she used to run a blog called Life your way back in the day and she's Mm -hmm. since sold it. And she, you know, I started writing for her. Um, then Tish and writer, I started doing, you know, like uh, when we started our business, um, I started doing some social media uh, for her and I wrote guest post posts for her and then, you know, she became our client and we were doing social media management for her. So at that time it was not, you know, people would just read your blog. And it was, and they would like say, Hey, I really like the way you write. Uh would, you know, so curious mind, would you want to write? Um, would you write one right for me? And then, you know, mm-hmm. like, it wouldn't be a lot of money. Like I said, it was really part time. But then when we got went into business, these were the people we reached out to. And we were like, you know, this is what we'll be doing as a mm-hmm. team. And, um, and we just want to make a go of it and see if this would, you know, work. And so it was a lot of cold pitching, a lot of warm pitching, um, you know, just basically getting business to come in. Uh, but, but we were, you know, I would say both lucky and blessed to have, um, people believe in us and people, Send us business and people give mm. us business because, um, like you said, we're in India, <laughs> and <laughs> most of these people we'd never met before. Yeah, mm. yeah So, mm. so that's okay. that's like how it, it kind of okay. it was blogging and social media management at that point of time.
1: Yeah. How long ago was that? Would you say?
0: So that was twenty eleven when we oh, started, wow. and uh, first year was not a lot of money. in In the first year, we did uh, twenty thousand uh, dollars in okay. the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sort of gave us confidence that there's, there's something here. Uh, we had great reviews. Um, obviously, at that time, we were in no position to spend on our business. So our pricing was extremely low. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the social media and the blogging business really grew from there. And uh, in, in about three years time, uh, we we'd reached about 100K um, mm-hmm. with that business. Um, however, at that time, we were working a lot of hours. So, uh, so even though the business was growing, we, we were doing like, what, about 50, 60 hours yep. in, a, in a week. Yep. Oh, wow. So, so we, we realized that if we have to really scale this, we, uh, probably we just have to go the agency route, um, mm-hmm. w- which for a couple of reasons didn't really excite us. So that's when we thought um, that, that writing is something that we enjoy. So why not pivot to
1: something like copywriting? So, mm-hmm. so that's how the pivot came about. Gotcha. Okay. So started as writing content for other people, really. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then you started seeing like, this is hard to scale unless we go with agency model, which the agency model is a tough animal, right? Like it's a tough thing yeah. in itself. Um, and then from there, you're like, okay, and this is where that next pivot comes. How long would you say it was before you made that initial pivot? Were you doing it for like three years? And then you're like, we got we to do something here? Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, so we we went on with social media and, and content for about four years.
1: Okay. And
0: uh, then um, it, it took us a few months to sort of decide whether this is the right thing to do. Uh, but but I was extremely keen uh, to do copywriting, learn. So that's when she took the first copywriting course. Mm-hmm. and And at that time, we sort of decided that I would not really get into writing. I would manage the business, try and grow the business, keep it streamlined. Um, And Prina would get into writing. So so that's how uh, the copywriting uh, services really started. And Mm -hmm. after the first couple of years, then we sort of uh, grew into serving two separate audiences. So one was uh, an entrepreneur or an online educator that would want copy written for them. Mm -hmm. And then there were other service-based owners and copywriters who would want to basically come into our programs and learn and grow that way so so those are the two sort of audiences that we serve now
1: okay okay and so yeah i i, I like that you know like you, how where it starts and then where it kind of ends up and Yep. And kind of like the, the you know, the, the pivots along the way, because they are there and you kind of recognize that you probably in the beginning, were thinking like, oh, wow, if we can just do this full time, everything will be perfect. And then you're like, you get to a level and you're like 50, 60 hours a week, I'm working more now than I did when I was at my real job and whatever. And then you're like, there's got to be an easier way. But then you've built up connections, you've learned throughout that entire thing. Yep. What were some struggles like as you're kind of coming up through the ranks and you're kind of like, what were, was it the growth of the business? Was it initially finding the customers? Like what was, what was some struggles along the way that had you maybe questioning, you know, is this even worth it or is this the right direction? This doesn't feel like we should be going here. I can't imagine us doing this for 10 years or whatever.
2: Yeah. Um, I would not say it was growth or finding clients. Honestly, like (laughs) And mm. I almost feel bad saying this, but it was quite easy for us to get Like We love marketing. Mm. <laughs> we love growing our business. We love, yeah. you know, uh, talking to clients. And it's, yeah, it just comes naturally. So I would say, and also, even when we weren't on, you know, getting on calls and things like that, it was, you know, through emails. And But it was just so exciting. Um, mm. But what I would say was a struggle, which is what also led to our, our pivoting was that we've always wanted, and and we reached that stage of understanding that we want a business that we're we're in this for the long term. For us, this mm-hmm. is not like a side hustle, which is good for you know if it's good sure. for you, but mm-hmm. you know for us this is like this is life, and it mm-hmm. we cannot run a business independent of our life. It needs to mm-hmm. integrate with it in a way that makes it sustainable, and that kind of then led to us creating like. Our, our belief around sustainable scale because we want. So our struggle was essentially, you know, understanding like how do we find that balance between, you Mm. know, continuing to do the work that excites us and the and the and and that we really enjoy, that we like really excited to get up in the morning and get to work, but at the same time having a life. So Mm. you know when we like we really need to kind of kind of you know take a hard look at that and and we decided that we like hashtag hustle life is great yep. for those for who it, you know it's it's great if it works for you we mm-hmm. just realized it, it did because for us we we both deal with chronic health issues mm-hmm. and just going hard for you know and just keep stretching and doing those late nights and then continuing to stay up you know wake up early and all of those things sacrificing everything else yeah that was mm-hmm. that would have like, totally ruined our health and that was a price
1: we just couldn't afford to pay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a common problem that, um, that I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into. I mean, heck, I've fallen into it numerous times and you have to then recognize like, why am I really doing this? Right. And then it's like, it's not going to do me any good if it kills me. <laughs> right. Like, so it's like, what good is it? Uh, and sometimes we can do too much, but we think that's what we want until we actually start to achieve it. Um, so what is the balance? Like what was that thing for you guys? Cause I think that's the, that's the big secret that people would want to know, because if Mm -hmm. someone's listening right now, they might not be facing that yet, but once they get to a certain level of success, they will face probably a similar, a similar roadblock or decision or fork in the road. That's like, okay, I thought it was going to be something I got here. And now the money thing, isn't the issue. And now it's the time thing. That's the issue, right? It's like, as you grow, you, 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 you get different problems or different things that you have to deal with and you have to ask those questions. So what is the, how did you balance that? Like, how do you balance it that you're not working 50, 60 hours a week and you're still able to grow your business? Yep. So with sustainable scale, we, we
0: sort of realized, like like you said, it's, it's a combination of time, money, how you handle that, and also uh, happiness in your business, in your life. So, we sort of looked at how things went in the initial five or six years, and we said that uh, we are happy to grow at twenty to thirty percent every year in, in terms of revenue. but when we do that, we want to cut back 10 to twenty percent in terms of the time that we put in the business. So So that was sort of the overarching goal. And um, and obviously, we, with less time that goes into the business, then we have a better work life balance. Mm-hmm. So we spend enough time with our daughter. Um, we've been for the last five years um, taking four vacations in a year, we, which includes um, traveling to a new international destination every year. Yeah.
1: Wow. So we so, love.
0: Yeah, we absolutely yeah. congratulations on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so we we sort of wanted to integrate our life and business goals yeah. so mm. uh, so when life is concerned we wanted more time as a family uh, more time to travel uh, enjoy uh, food spend time together and on the business side of things we we said we are happy to grow if we don't really want to double our revenue and then kill ourselves working mm. 50 60 hours so if if we have a sustainable growth pattern of 20 30 percent and cut down time so, so that's when we started to focus on what sort of offers do we create, what services do we, uh, uh, do we have, um, what sort of scalable uh, program options do we have so that the revenue keeps growing, but the time uh, keeps coming down by 10 to 20%. Mm. So, so that's how we've been sort of planning sustainable growth.
1: Yeah, I I like that. So, and I was going to, I was looking for that last piece that you just kind of threw in there and maybe we can even dig into that a little bit, but like by you creating products that are somewhat evergreen, right? To where they could be sold on their own. Now, the thing that I see with that though, and this is something that I even struggle with to this day that we're always trying to balance is like marketing doesn't go away you got to continue yeah. to market the products, right? So it's like yeah. one one week Facebook ads are working great. And then all of a sudden they're not. And it's like, it's a constant battle because to keep that flowing. I mean, everyone wants evergreen. Everyone's like, I want evergreen. I want an evergreen funnel. I want everything to just be, you plug it in, you get it to work. It's, you put a dollar in, you get a dollar 30 back and life is great. You get new blood into the business and yada, yada, yada. But it's constantly, I mean, at least I've seen it myself. I've and anyone that I'm in a mastermind with. It's like, I'm always hearing that. How do you deal with that? Because do you, do you have, are, are you doing that your, yourself? Are you focusing on the marketing aspect or do you have someone that's focusing only on that aspect? Just curious on that.
2: So for us, like Mike said, you know, we've got like two sections to the business really. Mm-hmm. So we've got copywriting services, which we've been able to successfully package and sell. Uh, that that really helped move the needle for our business in terms of cutting back on time and oh. also being able to give our clients what they really needed. Uh, for mm-hmm. instance, one of our packages is like the launch copy package, which gives them literally everything they need for their launch. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we have like a wait list going for that. Then you know, we have like our artisanal VIP day package. Uh, so, so that was, that made it really easy to scale the copywriting services side mm-hmm. of the business. Um, and also, you know, like as, um, and as we grew, we had people like, you know, asking us, okay, so how do I do the same? How do I package my services? So we realized we mm. needed to launch like a group program. So we've got, uh, we've got one, you know, large group program right now, and we've got a mini, a smaller, uh, more intimate mastermind style, uh, strategic consulting, uh, group as well. Um, okay. both of them right now are, uh, you know, they have like time sensitive launches. However, they will move to evergreen mode, um, next year onwards. The reason they're not on evergreen mode this year is because, you know, March was when the funnel went live and then mm-hmm. COVID happened. And then we had to kind of like, you know, really look mm-hmm. at what was going on. Having mm-hmm. said that evergreen funnels is what I specialize in as a launch strategist and copywriter. So that is something that we've worked a lot on and seen, you know, like what works, what doesn't work and, um, and how to make the marketing. Simpler for us personally. The marketing is all us. We do mm-hmm. have a small team that takes mm-hmm. care of the, you know, um, the other um, administrative tasks and makes it easier for us to focus on what we do. Uh, what we do best. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. takes care of operations and I take care of the creative side of things. Um, and what we found makes like for a really great mix because <laughs> uh, we made our programs may not be evergreen, but our services. But we're we you know, everything else is evergreen, right? Like we're Mm -hmm. constantly selling something. And, Mm -hmm. and what we found is like the best way to do that is just kind of show up and deliver on what you've promised your people you're going to deliver. And, you know, whether that's like, you know, just, just showing up and just doing a podcast a week. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like that's, that's your minimum. You promise that you're just gonna do that. You don't have to think about everybody everything else. And we've done that mm-hmm. a lot, you know, like so it's so easy to get pulled into like a million different directions. Mm-hmm. Oh, TikTok's getting, you know, hot. I need to get mm-hmm. jump on TikTok. And now it's time yeah. stories are cool or did TV. Yeah. I need it, yeah. you know, I so you need to, you know, like constantly reflect on what's really moving the needle for your business and what's that one thing that you need to do that's gonna take you to wherever you wanna get to in a way without, you know, that's not going to kill you and then mm. just focus on that. So maybe it's just, yeah. you know, showing up on Facebook and posting every once in the day. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just posting, sending an email out to your list. like, just do that one thing that you promise your audience that they'll get when they, you know, joined your community, when they signed up to your list, when they signed up mm. to your programs, just, just focus on that one thing. That makes it a lot easier to then continuing to find the energy to market when you really do need to push the pedal on marketing your programs and services.
1: Yeah. I I liked it that you've broken it down and we've actually done that just from last year. We've reduced a whole bunch of stuff just because again, going back into, you you get into this mindset that you want to do everything because everything's exciting to you. And as entrepreneurs, we get bored, right? it's like, Oh, but we've been doing that same thing for like, you know, two years. And it's like, it's been working, but it's time for a change. And it's like, why did we change that again? Uh, You know, so, uh, so sometimes we have to ask ourselves, we're just bored. Um, But uh, I I agree. I think that, you know, having a simple mindset of just keeping things basic and not overcomplicating things, but also I like it that you said you kind of went to where you're only doing a certain amount of launches. Um, and that's actually what we've done this past year. Like we have a membership, um, where it's called brand creators Academy, where we help people build brands in uh, all different areas. And we basically launched that after our live event last year, because we wanted to simplify it. I didn't want a hundred programs, you know, lead, you know, like a, all of these different things. And then you got to manage all the funnels and then all of this stuff. I'm like, I just want one point of direction. Now we do have other standalone little trainings, workshops, if you want to call them that. And we are looking to, to get those into evergreen. But, um, but they all feed to the same place. And I think that's yeah. the important part. So uh, let me ask you this. So when you're, when you're not, because you said you're pretty much not evergreen now, so you are into like you still have to launch and the evergreen thing is like the holy grail, right? It's like that thing. Um, do you structure out your entire year for when everything is going to happen right now? Or is it still kind of loose where you're like, all right, we'll do it three, three months out and then we'll plan? Just curious yeah and normally we
0: prefer to do it like in blocks of 90 days mm-hmm. like you said yeah. um, something interesting comes up a great idea comes and you want to then create that offer right away and, and launch that so yeah. we we yeah. like that degree of flexibility that if we if we find something's really exciting us we, we want time to then create that get that out sure. so so 90 days is what really works well for us that's that's how we structure
1: it
2: yeah, yeah, three
1: months—you
2: yeah. know—really yeah. work yeah. to keep us excited, and then we're not planning so ahead into the future. Especially because, as as creatives as well, you know, it feels like if you, it used to be great to do is to do this, a, you know, a while ago, and I used to do a lot of this when I was blogging, and that's easy, you know, because you're batch blogging and you're kind sure. of talking about the same thing, so you can like mm-hmm. write months in advance. So we've done all of that, and we've had like, but then we realized like right now, what works really best for us is to just do 90-day sprints and see, you know, how just kind of go with that and then review, reflect, and then move ahead.
1: Yep. Yeah, I like that. It's, I like the sprint too, right? It's like you get focused on that one target and you just go um, yeah. and, and, and all, all hands on deck for, for that. I, I really like that. What, what would you say is working really well right now traffic wise? Like, what is working for you guys to get eyeballs on your products or on your services? Because uh, I think this goes hand in hand with anybody right now. It doesn't matter what you're selling. I don't care if it's a physical product, a digital product. Like, what what right now would you say is working best for you for traffic-wise?
2: One of the best things that's, worked, you know, like, that's shown really great results for us has been, A, podcast and, you know, um, master classes for uh different programs that we've done um those have worked really really well to get very targeted traffic into our um into our programs and in, and for our services as well um so these have been doing really well the second thing that's been working really well has surprisingly been you know um uh, has been facebook and instagram um those have had a lot of impact and traffic as well. And then of course, um, regular Google SEO, like SEO, mm-hmm. your posts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think? Uh, so on the Facebook and the Instagram, I'm assuming is that paid ads? No, no. Oh, so it's organic. Yep. Yes. Oh wow. So, okay. Let's talk about that. Cause everyone's saying organic is, is gone, right? Like you can't get organic reach anymore. <laughs> so good. We got, we got a couple of ninjas here. That's going to reveal some, some gold for us. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're running Facebook ads. I do Facebook on other things too. I mean, we have a group and a page and all of that stuff. And yep. I'm not big on Instagram. I'll be honest. I, for me, Instagram doesn't work for me. Cause it's just, I'm not going to show up there on a regular basis. It's just one of those things. Now, could I have someone I could, but I look at the ROI on like a hundred thousand people and I get 1% like, it's like, eh, driving traffic, there paid makes that makes more sense. But I'm just curious. So on that, on that approach, what is your approach on on Facebook and Instagram to get eyeballs?
2: Storytelling is super important. Again, copy comes into it and that really, Mm -hmm. really helps. So creating posts that not only give uh, your audience great value, but also really interest them so they can like, you know, stop that scroll and actually want to read what you're saying, whether on Facebook or on Instagram, that's worked really well. Um, Giving clear, you know, giving clear specific outcomes and clear Mm -hmm. takeaways so- not every post needs to be like a mini blog post but think of it like a mini blog post or an email and then show up and deliver so if you're posting say twice in the week maybe one of your posts could actually be you know and then you could like repurpose that that's something that we do a lot of that goes out in an email that also you know maybe it may make its way to our blog uh, or go into our facebook group or even become like a video lesson delivered in you know on facebook live so just kind of repurposing your material because people sometimes do need to hear the same thing more than once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's oh, important. Yeah. Um so the third thing that will work really well is just being consistent. Yep. And mm. and I think it's great that you've decided Instagram is not for you. I think a lot of people mm. need to be brave enough to take that decision and decide that yeah. hey, this doesn't work for who I am as a person, mm. instead of just kind of trying to force themselves to like a network, they're mm. they're like so many ways for you to do social right now that mm. you know you could just choose whatever you know uh water cooler mm. suits your personality and just makes right. it easier for you to engage with your people because yeah. when you mm. aren't comfortable with the network it shows and you could mm. totally get someone to do it for you like we did it <laughs> mm. for years yeah. for other entrepreneurs and bloggers yeah. and businesses um so you can totally do that but you also need to um as a brand and as personal brands, especially if you have a personal brand, you mm. do need to buy in to that network to some extent because there will mm-hmm. be elements that will require you to show up. And if you're going to feel like, uh, no, that's not. So for us, mm. and that's been you know, like we realize that Pinterest isn't going to cut it for us. We just mm. aren't a Pinterest kind of a brand. So mm-hmm. we're not on Pinterest. Um, um, TikTok will never <laughs> see us there. So we are <laughs> yeah. so, you're not going to no. go up there and
1: do your dance or anything
2: that's not happening either and you need to be and you need to be comfortable with that instead of trying yeah. to force yourself into a network where you're only going to feel uncomfortable and then mm. and then probably wasting time and deciding to ditch it in the end so mm. yeah just kind of you know that's why it's so important to kind of reflect on what it is that excites you about your business and how you show up. Yeah. So you're making the right decisions from the very beginning.
0: And I think yeah, sort of I agree. Account, uh, uh, the value that, that you're giving also on social. So, so we sort of see it like this, that if somebody's on our email list, does not follow us on Facebook, or um, somebody is just going to look at our content on Facebook, they should get value irrespective of what channels they, mm. they basically choose to be on. And then like Krena said, consistency is key. So, so with social content, we try and create the content with the sort of strategy that we have for those 90 days and have at least content available for say about 20 or 30 days in advance. So Mm. that sort of lets us be really consistent with with how we
1: are posting, but it really goes back to providing value. Yeah. Yeah, So what I'm hearing really then too, is I, I love this, that you brought that up. So it's more or less in that 90 day window, you're basically creating a runway to where you are going to end up, right yeah. so uh, you know if you're talking about you know email copy and how important email subject lines are and all this stuff, it might lead to your email copywriting training or whatever right like so yes. all of that content that you're putting out is really is kind of just highlighting different pieces it's helping it's valuable but collectively, if you went and then joined into a program or bought a certain product that is going to give you the, you know, the entire training, but you're basically just bringing that up through your content. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. 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 Totally. So you're mapping that out. Like you said, you're going to look at the 90 days and go, we're going to map this out for 90 days. We've got a runway now. How, how long, so 90 days is about when you start. So like, that's a long time, right, before you actually might receive dollars in, in you know, in the door. Um, has there been something that you've done for a long, you know, like 90 days or even two months, and then you go to do it and you're like, oh, that didn't really work as it was supposed to? Like, has something, like, didn't pan out as well? And you look at your results, uh, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, yeah. and what, what do you do in that? In cause I, I mean, I, I've done it and I've learned that I don't usually launch a program unless I beta tested it or something. Right. I've long la- I've built the training, I've done the six modules and everything. And I'm like, here it is guys. It's awesome. And then you get like nothing. And I'm like, not doing that again. So then we pre-sell yeah. and then yeah. we build, right? Like that's the new way, right? That's the way I like to do it. But so what, yeah. how do you, what do you do at that point? Like you guys together, you're a team. I know my wife and I are a team as well. It's kind of like you scratch your head a little bit, but how do you get through that time? Cause it's, it's kind of a, a wake up call.
2: Yeah, no, uh, we had that happen to us with one of our courses that we launched, uh, way back, not like I think a few years ago called sweetly blended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, how long ago was that? It
0: was about three years ago. Three
2: years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like great offer and had created the course, had guest Mm. experts, had all of the works and then um, very excited, launched it and like literally like, like crickets. Okay. So um, obviously it was disappointing. Um, And then one of the things that we realized is that we, uh, you know, whether it's for a client project or for a program that we launched, we always do like a reflection thing on what went well, what could have been better so we can course correct and that's, you know, and just kind of keep, you know, growing as we learn so um one of the lessons of course was this like we now never open up anything unless we've got like sales like the creation happens after the sales have come in mm-hmm. so there's that the second thing in our business thought is that we've um uh, we do client work as well so i'm you know we have client projects as well so it's never like you know we don't have like 90 days where we're just in creation mode and there's no revenue coming in that doesn't yeah doesn't happen with us at all mm. uh, like right now we're booked out until the middle of september oh wow so 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 yeah so there's you know like the client projects coming in and then we also have you know like smaller easier ways for people to work with us like say someone needs uh, you know a piece of copy done really fast so they can book like a vip day with us that is something mm-hmm. we can still fit in you know in mm. those 90 90- days so, uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm hearing diversification is what I'm hearing.
2: Exactly. So, that's something <laughs> so <laughs> right? we, we need to have multiple streams of income,
0: yeah, uh, to try yeah, yeah. into
2: like, helping you achieve that big goal that you've got. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's, and, that, that's a big one.
0: And, and as far as revenue is concerned, Scott, we, we don't really rely on what we make in, in these 90 days to really spend mm-hmm. um, for, for these particular months. So we, mm. we we already have reserves. Uh, so even if we don't do anything for 90 days or six months, it doesn't really impact um, mm. what we are spending on the business or how we are living. Obviously all of this has happened over a period of time. Sure. So, so we've been putting money aside. Mm. Um, so that sort of pressure that if this doesn't go well, uh, mm. we, it, it's going to impact our business doesn't really happen. And, and the other thing that's really worked for us is that um when we start the year, the, the first quarter, the focus is to really build revenue for the year. Mm-hmm. So whatever money is coming in, um, after we've looked at our basic expenses mm-hmm. and, and sort of paying ourselves uh, for, for regular expenses and all of that, we, we already start allocating uh, towards taxes for the whole year, um, strategic development for the whole year, so within the first three to four months, we've sort of uh, put enough fuel for the business that even if we take a dip later, uh, we still have money. If we want to buy a program, we still have money. If we want to hire a designer, yeah. uh, mm. we still have money if, if we want to join a mastermind. So, so the focus in the early part of the year is to put that money aside for all the tasks that we want in the year. And then the second half of the year is where we park
1: everything in profits. Yeah, mm. I like that. I like that idea. You're like, you know what? We got, we got like four months, guys. We're gonna go ahead and earn enough money to support our life for the next twelve months, but we're gonna do it in four yeah. months, and then it takes all the pressure off of the rest of the year if you accomplish that goal. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, how how much of this comes down to also living below your means, right? Like not being like, oh, I made a lot more money here. So now I'm going to buy that, you know, that sports car or, uh, you know, the, the car that you've been dreaming of or your new condo or anything like that. Like, so I guess like, how does that much play in? Because it seems like you guys are probably pretty good in that area. I'm just, I'm wondering on this. How important is that to you guys?
0: It's it's super important. So um, for for the longest time, we've said that, we of what we earn, we don't really want to spend more than fifty percent of that, yeah. mm-hmm. and then the other fifty percent is sort of divided into where it gets invested in the long term, some in the short term, some is like the emergency fund and those kind of things. So, so that's always how we've been, and and the other thing that we've always been really uh, really focused on is that we don't do debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so if today this is what we can buy without doing that, then this is what we can buy. Mm-hmm. And if, if we have some aspirations uh, in terms of buying something more expensive, then we work towards it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we start, start saving towards that and that happens in say two or three years. So, so yes, absolutely, that mindset is critical.
2: -hmm. Yeah, and having said that, you know, like we've like literally accomplished all of the goals uh, and dreams that we had. You know, whether it was traveling to Paris for two weeks, uh, Mm -hmm. Paris and Switzerland last year for two weeks, or buying Uh um, buying the Audi. We that was our dream car. When you said dream Mm -hmm. car, you know, like he he loves cars. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we. Who
1: doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like I like cars, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you know, whether it was that, whether it was buying our home, you know, again, like mm-hmm. uh, totally debt free, but for us, that's important. That's, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if we can make it happen without going into debt and, mm-hmm. you know, and it would help us improve the quality of our life, then it makes, it makes sense. And everything like for us, everything boils down to value. Again, um, mm-hmm. we always look at, you know, what's the value. Like we would, we, spend a lot on organic produce because we know that it's expensive but it's totally worth it because mm. it impacts our health and we've been yeah. on that side where you know we've suffered with our health so that's something that we're not willing to compromise on but um would i buy i'm like i'm um really expensive nail polish maybe mm. not <laughs> mm-hmm. you know because i don't mm-hmm.
1: like
2: yeah. i don't wear oh. nail polish so yeah. really it really doesn't make sense to me so yeah
1: yeah 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 no i I, I think that a lot of people don't realize too, I think you could probably cut costs on your living expenses and have to make less in order to really get to where you want to go, even if it's in the short term, right? Just yeah. shave out. I mean, go through and just see where you're spending. It'll it'll, it'll show, you know what I mean? And then you're like, wow, if you total all that up, I, I really need to make maybe $300 less a month or even a week if I just shave this down and um, yeah. And sometimes yeah. we can do that very, very simply. And uh, yeah. it sounds like you guys are, are pretty good with that.
0: And I think to go with that, um, we've seen that this approach helps us aim higher. Mm-hmm. So so if 100K would have been good for us to take care of everything, now we have to make 200K because only then we can use that 50%. And, and obviously then in, in a few years, you get into a situation where um, you're financially really comfortable. So mm. so it's it's really important to also see that you want to aim higher, do more, work hard and, and get there. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love it. I got two more questions for you guys and we probably got to have you guys come back on and we can drill into a little bit more of this marketing stuff. I love marketing. I mean, it's funny because my story, uh, my wife and I started a photography business years ago as a yeah. way for me to get out of my construction job and I didn't, I wasn't like passionate about photography, but I was passionate about getting out of my job. So I fell in love with marketing. You know, I I love marketing to this day. Uh, I love building brands. I love building things. Um, But so I would love to get you guys back on and just even drill into, you know, funnel stuff and email marketing and all of that fun stuff. Cause I know that you guys are, are probably really good at it and it would be really good to kind of share that with the audience. And we can kind of dig in more of to your expertise because you are copywriters and, you know, really, if you think about it, you're you're marketers. You know what I mean? Like, let's sure. let's call it what it is. Um, so we'll definitely want to do that. So to wrap up, though, I got two two questions. The first one is, I always like to. I, I wrote a book called The Take Action Effect, and it's really based on like we do things. And we don't realize it, but that one thing changed our life forever. And if we didn't do that one thing, where would my life be? I don't know. It could be better. could be worse. Don't know. But that one thing changed everything. Is there something that you can pinpoint that you're like, man, if we never did that, if we never took a little bit of a leap or a little bit of a chance, this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't be where I am. Is there something that comes to mind?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lots of things. Uh, But. For for me personally, and also mm-hmm. for us as a business, I feel it would be um, investing in the right learning and developing the right skills. Uh, mm-hmm. Because when you invest in good learning and you know you strengthen your skills, you can sh- especially if you're a service-based business, you can show up and deliver for your clients. Mm-hmm. And when you show up and deliver for your clients, they're gonna come back. And that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why our clients keep coming back to us, like for projects after projects, is because mm-hmm. we. Real, we don't just like sit and say, okay, yeah, I know what copywriting is and I've done like a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Yes, now I've done a lot of it, but I've also spent hours and hours learning a lot about it. So whether it was mm-hmm. investing in Joanna Weeps Copy Hackers Mastermind and, mm-hmm. you know, like showing up at midnight where calls used to be at midnight to, and we used to do live writing sessions and, you know, as tempting as it would be because it, it's winter and it's cold and you don't want to get out of the quilt, but... Yeah. If you need to show up and, we, and you know, she would have like assignments for us. And we would do live writing. And then, um, yeah, but the, the, the big benefit of that was that I'm like one of the very few conversion copywriters, like who's been certified by her because mm-hmm. she's like very picky about who she certifies. So mm. huge game changer, you know, also it gave me like a lot of confidence and skills that I brought to the table, which again, you know, really makes mm. a difference in how you show up in market. So, that would be, you know, like investing in the right learning for your business mm. would was always very, very important for us. And that's why, you know, like Mike said, when we, you know, when he uh, does like the financial planning and the forecasting for the business, mm. one of the first things he puts money aside as strategic development is because you always need to keep growing. And mm. there's a danger of just kind of drowning and course overwhelm, but you also need to be kind of intentional about where you, you know, what is it that you want to do and what is it that you want to be known for and then invest mm. accordingly.
1: Yeah. Being intentional is huge. It's, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing that we sort of really focus on is our mindset. Oh, yeah. So unless mm. you have a positive mindset and you're willing to see uh, failures as really stepping stones mm. and, and learning experiences. So so the launch three years ago that I was talking about, yeah. uh, that was the last time we put uh, Facebook ad dollars. But um, after that bombed, uh, it obviously took us about a couple of days to sort of take everything in. And, um, and figure out what to do. So um, we said, let's do another launch uh, three weeks from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll create like a super quick product and figure out the learnings that we have from it. Will they work or not? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was not a really high ticket uh, uh, product. I think it was about a hundred dollars or so, yeah. okay. uh, but we sold it out in 48 hours. Yeah. So we have that uh, validation that, okay, the other launch didn't work, but these are the learnings that we had. And it's not just that we discussed between the two of us. We put it out uh, in the market. People were willing to buy it. So that sort of validates and um, and mm-hmm. creates that positive mental energy. Yeah.
1: yeah so mindset's huge. I, I'm glad that you brought that up. It's huge. I'm big onto that as well. Um, but so let's, I, I just want to, I got one more question, but this, this here is, it goes with this here because I think it's really important because whether you launch a physical product, digital product, doesn't matter. You you hope that it's going to do well. And then if it doesn't do well, hopefully you don't have $10,000 invested in that product. Some people do. And then they find out, I can't sell it, right? Exactly. Then what yeah. do you do? And in your case, you might've spent a whole bunch on Facebook ads and then found out, oh my gosh, like no one wants this, right? They Maybe yeah. people signed up, but they don't want it. So- I love it that you went right back to it. You're kind of like, okay, I was up at the at the plate, going to play baseball. I got hit by a pitch and your father's like, get back in the box, right? You're like, you got to get back in there, man. So you basically said, you know what? We got to do something within three weeks now. We're compressing that down. We're going to get it back yeah. out in the marketplace. What was your thing that you went out there and said, let's test this next thing? Did you do a, a survey? Did you? How did you get that thing that you're like, that's what we're going to ask the audience if they want now yeah. to get that little yeah. bit of yeah. validation? Yeah.
2: You know, like just kind of getting out there and talking to your audience and understanding that what is it? Also, finding out, you know, what, why didn't people buy? So, was it not, was it this, was this not what they were looking for? And mm-hmm. what is it that's going to really help them move the needle? And that is, you know, it, it was, uh, this was like way before, uh, this is before we started copywriting and, you know, like I uh, creating our proprietary process around copywriting, but it kind of centers on the fact that you really need to know your audience. And Mm. what they need, because sometimes when people, and also what they want, because sometimes people Mm -hmm. would say that this is something that they want, but that's not what they really need. And then Mm. it's up to, it's your job to then kind of, you know, position it in a way that, that gives them both what they want and what they need. Mm. So, um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, essentially, like we've got like a face, we've got a Facebook group, we've got an email list. So just mm-hmm. kind of reaching out, like Mike said, reaching out to people, asking them, and then realizing that this is what they really needed. There was like this one, and we're also in other in other groups. So just, uh, and I still remember what I did was I made I put up a post in the Facebook group saying, "Okay, look, this is what I'm looking to create. This is what it will do, and this is how it's going to help you. Is this something that you'd be interested in? And then if you are, let me know because then I'll send you like." initial copies so you can go through it and you know mm-hmm. um give me your feedback that then we can use on the sales page as ah. you know uh, beta testimonials. So sure. um so yeah so just kind of you know like regrouping and not mm-hmm. letting like you know not letting whatever it is that you fail at like hold you back from then mm-hmm. going just kind of labeling every launch with the same black thing would not be helpful, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's super important to just keep your head straight and mm. also, you know, just kind of stay like you said, in like a positive frame of mind, knowing that this like setbacks are are like blips, and yep. it's, yep. it's not permanent. It's, part,
1: it's, it's, yeah, it's part of the, it's part of the learning process and you, you learn yeah. actually, instead of creating the product first, you're going to, you're going to validate it first and then you're going to exactly. put it back out exactly. in the marketplace. And I think yeah. that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people to hear that. Um, So that's really awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. So let's wrap up with this question. Now I like to ask all of my expert guests that come on with this one question. And it's simple, but sometimes it can be a little bit complicated, but we'll try to make it simple. And that is, if you were starting over today from scratch and you had to create a business that was going to support your lifestyle, what would you do? Like, what would you do? Like, What would be like, that roadmap for you would it be exactly what you've done and just rebuild what you've done, or would it be something different? Like, or just kind of give us like the framework? What well, What does that look like? I like. Good the, question, right? Good, good question, question, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Making us. Yeah,
2: this would be very interesting to see what both yeah. of us answer. So, for me personally, I feel it would it would be very similar probably minus the health issues he had because that will you know that really uh, mm. we it meant that we were literally like starting with zero and mm. to build that into a like like a half a million dollar business has mm-hmm. taken us a long time mm-hmm. but uh we you know i would probably fast train a little um have more money to invest in things like you know uh, that we had to hold back on mm. um so but yeah I love writing, and that's I love working with other entrepreneurs and just kind of you know like strategizing and seeing words and then putting words out there that other people love and they go like oh this like you read my mind and oh yeah so Mm. I would definitely want to do something related to writing. Um, Yeah, I'm curious to hear what mine
0: would say. I wouldn't really change anything because. because I think probably the health issues or sometimes somebody getting fired or something else happening, mm-hmm. it's really an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maybe if that wouldn't have happened, I would have just carried on in yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true too. <laughs> and you, you want that safety net and you probably say, okay, three more years when we have so much of money, when we have this, then yeah. we'll probably try this. So we always think of it as a, as yeah. a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, yeah.
2: Yeah. Just, so we will so, probably just do what we're doing right now, have like a service-based business that has a, that now has a group element to it to help other service providers and other business owners also take on like what we call, we like to call the sustainable scale approach. to their yeah.
1: businesses. And, and what you just said about having the illness and if you didn't have that, you, that's what I was looking for, for the take action moment. See, like I got it. Finally, I got it. Like that thing right there was something that there was a decision that had to be made. And you said, I can't go back to corporate because of my health. That mm-hmm. moment right there is the one that I'm saying, like, if that never happened, you yeah. might not be in the business that you're in right now. You yeah. may be still working at American Express or whatever, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I, yeah. Thought,
1: I got it. I got the answer <laughs> I was looking for. You see how this works? It all comes to the end. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, no, that... That was what I was looking for and and not saying your other answer wasn't good, but that right there, that little, that little nugget right there, that's a big one because when you're faced with that, you're thinking, this is terrible. How can it get any worse? But now you yeah. look back and you go, if that never happened, I never would. Like I was working for my father's construction company thinking I was going to own that company one day, found out- about five years in that I'm not going to probably own that company and I devoted all my time and energy what am I going to do I don't have any skill sets that I'm going to be able to and, and then that happened and we went photography business and the rest is history but it's like okay. those things they they really stink at the time but they actually they took you to where you were supposed to go absolutely you know? And yeah so I appreciate you guys sharing that Uh, you guys are awesome I love it that you guys are a husband-wife team my wife and I are as well we have been for years we've been married 26 years and in business for about the same so uh, yeah so I just want to thank you guys how can people learn more about you guys and what you're up to and uh, just let people know how they can get a hold of you guys
2: our website, contentbistro.com, will be the best place for you to connect with us just to kind of get a feel of how we work and what are we all about. Um, and then, of course, Instagram is where we spend a lot of our time these days. Uh, so that's, again, contentbistro um, on Instagram. And just feel free to reach out. Say hi. We love chatting with you know people who listen to us on podcasts and um, yeah, just connecting with you. So that would be
1: awesome. Cool, that sounds great. I will link everything up in the show notes as well. but I just want to say thank you guys for coming on we 'll definitely get you guys back on. I might even ask you guys uh, to come on in and, and uh, maybe do a, a session for our uh, for our private community as well and maybe give us some give totally us some copywriting love. tips you know and stuff on ads and and all that stuff because I know copywriting goes hand in hand with everything right it 's like yeah. Everything we touch. So, guys, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Have an awesome rest of your day. It's nighttime there, but have a great night. (laughs)
2: Thanks.
1: Thanks Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right. Well, there you have it. I wasn't kidding, right? What a great episode. And also, just what a great couple. And man, they've been through a lot. But you know what? They've got a great attitude and they're always looking at it. As a way of growing. And I think that's what we all need to learn from any of these interviews that I'm sharing with you is really how do we highlight that moment that they could have just given up? They could have just threw in the towel, but they didn't. They said, you know what? We need to make a change. And right now, in the world that we're living in, there's a lot of change happening and it might be happening to you right now in your life. So, again, take this as inspiration. You can do it too. Right? It's a choice that we need to make, and it's not going to be easy. It's not. You heard their story. They didn't have everything come to them by luck or that everything that came their way was perfect. Right? They had to make new adjustments as they grew. So Just understand that when you're faced with something that seems like it's really, really bad, there's probably a positive thing we can pull from it. It just depends on how you look at it. All right, so guys, that is going to wrap up this episode. This was episode 864. If you want to go to the show notes page, grab the the links and the show notes, the transcripts, all that stuff, head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash 864, and you can grab all the links over there. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you